Please, sir, I want some more. Hello, and welcome to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. On this podcast, we are digging song by song, album by album, through the discography of one of the most overlooked bands of all time, Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Today, 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 we're looking, we're taking a look, we're looking a take, we're taking a look at the song I Want More, which is track 11 off of Chumbawamba's eighth studio album, Tub Thumper. And we're reaching the end. We only got what? this song and one more song to go for this most uh, tubbingest, <laughs> thumpingest of albums from a band known as Chumbawamba. How's it feel, Teddy? Feels pretty good. Um, yeah. This is like we, we talked about. Like this is all the the post uh, Tub Thumper uh, like episodes that we're doing or post Tub Thumping. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's really going to fall off once we finish the album itself. It's like me and Dan will just be like kicking back on our uh, on our lounge chairs, sipping some mojitos while we record the show. It's full chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be collecting those fat royalties from this uh, album yeah. of of uh, episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty good. We've been uh. we're starting to roll in the millions and millions of dollars that being a podcaster nuts you. Yeah, um, you know, you know I'm re- I'm every podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, every podcaster of any podcast yeah, makes just, lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah, don't don't look at how much our Patreon says we make. That's definitely not it. We're making that times a million off of these lucrative Trimble sponsorships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just uh, we just have the Patreon up as a as a means of looking honest. Yeah, exactly. We're trying yeah. to uh, portray ourselves as punks, even though we're we're paid by Big Chumba. Big Chumba. Big Chumba. <laughs> well, you're paid by Big Chumba. I'm paid by Big Big Wumba. <laughs> we can't have all of our money coming from one place. That'd be too easy to track. Do you want to start a wrestling duo where our names are Big Chumba and Big Wumba? Yes, yes, I absolutely <laughs> do. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Stop the podcast. I do actually want to do that. Let's That'd be do great. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've told you, I'm ready to make my pivot from being like a DIY kid to like an aging wrestling fan. I went to one wrestling show this like since the yeah. pandemic ended and I was like, or not ended, but lessened a little bit. So I don't feel like I'm going to die every time I leave my house. Yeah. I'm ready. I- I'm fully, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. fully sold on the wrestling lifestyle. Which Chumbawamba song are we going to use as our theme music? <sighs> That's a hard one. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah, because part of me is like, well, maybe we'll just do tub thumping. But then I'm like, no, no, let's let's dig deeper. No, tub tub thumping <laughs> would be what our fans would chant when we're like yeah. about to do a finisher. The, yeah. the I get knocked down, I get up again. That that's what they would say when we're like on the mat. They'd be pounding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big Chumba and Big Wumba. Yeah, I'm coming soon to an indie fed near you. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> I think, See what's what's funny about that is that's a gimmick that's stupid enough to maybe work on on the indie wrestling scene. Yeah, because I, indie indie wrestling is full of like stupid ass bullshit like that. <laughs> so I went to this wrestling promotion at this point like two weeks ago, and my favorite gimmick was uh, Grim Reefer, who is yes. like a thirty year old man whose whole gimmick is that he smokes weed, and it's incredible, yep. and it works so well. He yeah. like. There was a point where someone handed him a joint, so he's smoking a joint while wrestling, and he got, he did, like, a double backflip, and then someone fucking, 
like jumped on top of him and he's just laying on the rink like passed out but with the joint still in his mouth i was like this is poetic this is beautiful like this is That's all i want out so of wrestling good. it's so stupid but it's so fucking good yeah uh. Yeah, Chumba wow. Wumba, Chumba, Big Chumba, Big Wumba would work. And I feel like yeah. that's that's distant enough that we might not get sued by EMI or whoever owns the right to the name Chumba Wumba. Yeah. I think, I think we would be good. We could develop yeah. a whole routine of, like, uh, of, like, low-impact wrestling moves and just get by on our charisma. Yeah. I would wear the brick suit. I'd have to find someone to make me a brick oh, suit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If you didn't, if you did not wear the brick suit, I would be <laughs> mad at you. Yeah. What would I wear? Would I be the drunk nun? You might be the drunk nun, which is yeah, also okay. feels like something I would fit in very good at a wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. As I've always <laughs> said, Chumbawamba are the wrestling of 90s DIY punk pop art it's, collectives, you know? Yeah, it's true. You have always said that. That's, that's yeah. what it says on my tombstone, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have been saying that for years, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so as we mentioned, we are this week talking about the song I Want More, which is track 11 off of the album. So, it's getting to be around that time that we're getting close to the end of the album, so if you have any thoughts about this album that you want to share with us, please feel free to hit us up. We love hearing from you. Yeah. But for now... Let's talk I Want More. We got yeah. the the usual shit here, the liner notes from spunk.org. Shall we dive in? Go for it. Start me off. All right. So, getting things started with uh the first the first little bit that the band wrote. Uh this is Tea Room England, the class system in microcosm. The worst bigotry can have the best table manners. And right away, we're going to be referencing over to our uh, our uh, anonymous Chumbawamba informant, who had a lot of a uh, lot of lot to say about this one, based <laughs> on the liner notes and the um, and the uh, lyrics of the song, just showing us like some of the British UK slang that we're uh, going to encounter here, because this wasn't <laughs> this one's got a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for any any American listeners in the in the audience, uh, tea rooms are uh, like little restaurants that sell scones and tea and stuff. Kind of like a kind of like a uh, it's like, an it's old like a coffee lady shop. coffee shop. Yeah. It's kind of like an old lady coffee shop. Um, to quote our Chumbawamba fan here, normally run by old ladies in small tourist towns. And they're uh, kind of a symbol of like traditional, like England, Middle England, with a, uh, with the like idyllic, like serene, like environment. So, like like with a lot of things that fit that description uh, in American history, I can see how it can be a symbol for uh, racism as well. Yeah. And the first quote: "The distinctions separating the social classes are false. In the last analysis, they rest on force." And that's from a young man you may have heard of named Albert Einstein. <laughs> and that man, <laughs> Albert Einstein. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, yeah, that's. I, I love that they included an Einstein quote here because something that gets kind of uh, whitewashed in the history of Albert Einstein as a as a person was that he was a massive lefty. Yeah. Um, like he was he was like adamantly anti-racist and uh, anti-Israel. And uh, according to our Chumbawamba informant, the FBI had a file on him that was over a thousand pages yeah. long with I, rules. I had heard about that, that he was like, 
I mean, because even back in his day, he's now kind of like like a folk figure of like the genius man. But like yeah. in his time, he was still kind of like this like, oh shit, this guy is fucking brilliant. And also he hates like the capitalist forces in America. Like yeah. shit, like gotta, <laughs> gotta watch out for this one. But you can't really assassinate Albert Einstein as easily as you can get away with uh, most of the people that the U.S. government has assassinated. Right. But... <laughs> right. Yeah. Up next, we have, there is nothing to which men cling more tenaciously than the privilege of class. And that's from Leonard uh, Sidney Wolf. And, oh boy, is that right? <laughs> is that is that not the truth? Yeah. Uh, how how many see it still yeah. today. Yep. How, how many people do you know that are definitely not, quote unquote, middle class that do everything in their power to try and convince everyone else that they're middle class? Yeah, exactly. Like, real keeping up with the Jones bullshit. Yep. Next up. <clears throat> this is a, from an interview. The, the question is, what do you think the effect of the Beatles was on the history of Britain? I don't know about the history. The people who are in control and in power and the class system and the whole bullshit bourgeois scene is exactly the same, except there is a lot of middle-class kids with long hair walking around London in trendy clothes and Kenneth Tynan's making a fortune from the word fuck. But apart from that, nothing happened except that we're all dressed up. The same bastards are in control. The same people are running everything. It's exactly the same. They hyped the kids and the generation. We've grown up a little, a lot of us, and there has been a change, and we're a bit freer and all that, but it's the same game. Nothing's really changed. They're doing exactly the same thing, selling arms to South Africa, killing blacks on the street. People are living in poverty with rats crawling over them. It's the same. It just makes you puke. And I woke up to that, too. The dream is over. It's just the same. Only I'm 30, and a lot of people have got long hair. That's all. And that's from John Lennon in 1970. Wow. Kind of an interesting uh, choice for Chumbawamba to throw in a John Lennon quote, yeah. considering how much they've ragged on the Beatles <laughs> in the past. But, like, I get it. I get why yeah. this quote is a, is a, a good one to include. And yeah. also, like, it, it, it's kind of like... a a damning of the Beatles and like their impact, right? Like yeah. how it's very how, self-aware. Like, yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of interesting. Like how the Beatles were like a pop culture revolution or whatever. Right. But like mm -hmm. it ultimately didn't amount to anything. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I, I don't think the Beatles were really trying to be revolutionary. No, not really. Like they were just think, a bunch of yeah. guys with dumb haircuts trying to sell records, which is fine. I mean, I'm not, I'll shit on the Beatles for plenty of reasons. Trying to be successful is not one of them. But Yeah, I think it's more about like the the generation for that they came from, the whole yeah. hippie movement, yep. the the, the free love movement not really accomplishing anything. <laughs> yeah. Fucking boomers, you know. <laughs> Fucking boomers. Um I, I, I do want to point out that our uh Chumbawamba informant um this is another person who has apparently had a massive FBI file, and according to our Chumbawamba informant, that means he, quote, must have been doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, you know, not to glamorize John Lennon, though, he seemed like he was a real shitty person. <laughs> yeah, fuck John Lennon. Yeah. Uh, uh, up next, we have cautious, careful people, always casting about to preserve their reputation and social standings, can never bring about a reform. And that's from Susan B. Anthony. Oof. And... Oof. <laughs> a controversial figure at best. Yeah. <laughs> but good I mean, good quote. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh 
it's like that clickhole article that goes around heartbreaking. The worst <laughs> yeah. person you know just made a good point. <laughs> I don't know if Susan B. Anthony's the worst person no. I know, but definitely has some some problematic history from super racist. Yeah, she's like she's like you know very emblematic of like that old school feminism that was like se- completely centered like white women and uh didn't care about black people so yeah yeah you know uh a mixed legacy (laughs) yep all right everybody knows that the influence of social class is much less than it used to be except that it isn't scrutiny of general household survey figures shows for example that sons and daughters of unskilled workers are no more likely to go to university now than they were two decades ago and that's from the observer on January 26, 1997. Huh? Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing has changed, you know? Yeah, nothing has changed. It's like every every few months you see an article that's like, wow, like, entrepreneurs don't actually have some, like, genius idea. They all just have, like, a safety net to fall back on and rich parents. Yep. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's, I mean, nothing yep. nothing really changes. Well, nope. Yeah. Well, Eh, what you know? Follow you, the money. Yeah. You find you, a rich parent most of the time. Yeah, Jeff Bezos started Amazon with a fucking like, I think like five hundred thousand dollar loan from his parents. Yeah, and I mean, like that. we we got Elon Musk heir to the emerald mines of South Africa or whatever bullshit he keeps trying to hide. Yep. Um, yeah. His apartheid money. Yeah. 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 Well. Up next, we have, with the benefit of hindsight, most historians of sport recognize that the concern with the separation between amateur and professional was a somatic masking of class divisions. Such segregation served the objective of retaining power over the control and allocation of resources through the exclusion of the majority. The formation of the Amateur Football Association in 1907, originally called the Amateur Football Defense Foundation over the issues of admittance of professionals to country football associations, was essentially a southern-based public school reaction to the growing economic might of the northern working-class professional clubs. The amateur-slash-professional debate used language that betrayed a political agenda. The double standards and selective application of the rules were breathtaking in their hypocrisy. The elitist amateur Corinthians often charged more in expenses to play than the weekly wage bill of their professional opponents. Amateur crickets crit, amateur cricketers would, could receive unlimited income from benefit matches. Amateurs didn't need or want to earn a living from the sport, thus their performance didn't carry the same practical or symbolic venue. If they played badly, the disadvantages were metaphysical, a loss of pride not to the pocket. Loss of form didn't have the demon material consequences that shattered the exploits of the working class professional. Shamateur clubs were snobs. Shamateur clubs were snobs. They wanted to compete to use the same devices as professional clubs to build a successful team, but at the same time remain unsullied by the grubby practice of openly paying hirelings to beat opponents. And that's from Walter Daniel Toll, 1888 to 1918, Soldier of Footballer Black by Phil uh, Vasily. Yeah, it's this is something that I think that we as Americans miss the cultural context of a little yeah. bit, but I really do appre- I really do appreciate the like how how much of like a working class like political thing football or soccer is in the UK based on the little bit I know about it. And we got some very valuable insight from our Chumba formant about how <laughs> The sport kind of originated as something that rich, upper-class people enjoyed playing in their country clubs or whatever. 
and it kind of trickled down to the masses and there became this tension of like this sport being like appealing to like working class people that the people who like originated it thought were vulgar and crass and didn't want to associate with um and there's been like that tension between like the history of the sport and where it is now it's kind of interesting ah yeah all right uh and finally we have the use of legislation, however, should not be allowed to muffle the noise and directness of class conflict. Indeed, legislation cannot be understood without being seen as part of that conflict. Commissioner of Police Sir Charles Warren said in relation to the Feltham Fair of 1887, the abolition of the fair is a class question on which, as Commissioner of Police, I can say little beyond the fact that it gives the police trouble to keep order. And while one class certainly enjoys it, its existence is a cause of annoyance to others. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and that's from Popular Culture and Class Conflict, 1590 to 1914, edited by Eileen and Stephen Yeo. Uh, that reminds me, like, that, that whole bit reminds me of a couple songs back when we were talking about um, the UK, like, uh, uh, criminalizing disco. Yeah. As, like, because it was, like, seen as vulgar and, like, people didn't want to have that happening in public spaces. So it's kind of the same deal here. Like, just, like, there's this hit, there's this long history of, like, the ruling class trying to criminalize or outlaw popular, like, mass entertainment that they don't see as fitting or whatever. Any Anytime the, the lower class likes anything and uses it as, like, a crutch, there's always a policing of it by the upper class. Like, it, it happens time and time again. Don't don't get me started on how uh, them banning vapes is just class warfare. We could do a whole episode on that. Yeah, I mean, that that is exactly what it, it is. It literally yeah. is. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's taking away a crutch from poor people. Same with this supposed menthol ban, that it's... Instead of addressing any of the reasons of why people smoke cigarettes, it simply criminalizes and penalizes them for yep. doing so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like that's a running theme in our entire yeah. entire legal <laughs> yeah. system, just criminalizing <laughs> things instead of uh, instead of um, addressing why people do it. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Oh <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> well. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. It's so easy to get so bleak on this podcast now, now that we know all, like, the deep, dark secrets behind all these poppy songs. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that meme where it's, like, the guy with, like, his face just, like, completely, like, sunken in after reading about Chumbawamba being like, hey, all these things are bad in 1997. And it's just like, oh, it's gotten so much worse since then. Fuck me. Like. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well. There well, we are. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go, baby. Let's, uh, let's 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 talk about the lyrics. You know. Let's talk about the lyrics. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like if if you couldn't tell, I feel like when we talk about the lyrics after we talk about the liner notes, it's kind of a pretty simple thing. It's like, well, this is about what we just read, like ten fucking quotes referencing. But this one's this one's all about class warfare, baby. Yeah. 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 And there's a. Uh... It's it's a pretty straightforward song too. I don't feel like it really hides what its message is that much. The only like no. the only like layer of obscurity to it is that it does have a fair amount of like ups, like weird British slang in it. Yeah, it or does like use references like, to yeah. 
Yeah, but it does use like tea rooms and that whole culture as kind of yeah. like a uh, like uh, a parallel for working class relations in Europe yeah. and I guess everywhere. But some one line in this song in particular that I really really like is uh is um this is tea room England will kick your face in so politely. Yeah. Um, because it's like, yeah, that is the way that, like, most, like, old, conservative, like, bigoted people are. They'll be, like, extremely nice to you to your face while, like, knowing, like, you can tell that they're, like, actively, like, seething with rage at your existence. Like, even though they're being polite and kind, or, like, not even kind, like, um, superficially kind, you know? Like, they'll serve you the tea, they'll serve you their your little biscuits or fucking whatever the fuck british people eat um <laughs> crisps but like but like there's just this undercurrent of hate to it yeah yeah i mean it goes back to the quote that chumbawamba gave the the worst bigotry can have the best table manners that's such a good mm-hmm. oh so well yeah like... because the entire concept of manners is rooted back to like you know like policing people's bodies and behavior like in um in old times like the entire concept of like formality and manners and and such is like just another tool to oppress less educated, less wealthy people, and it always has been. Yeah, the, this kind of ties back. I'm sure you have probably seen the hubbubs about like a week and a half ago. Ellie Kemper got like outed mm, as mm-hmm. having participated in a debutante ball hosted by like a racist organization. Yeah, and like. I don't want to go too deep into it because a lot of it is just like bullshit cancel culture stuff that I feel yeah. like it doesn't really help to take one side in on anyway. But it is telling that like a lot of the reactions were just like, oh, this isn't that weird. My town had one of those. And it's just like, yep. oh, like when people think of the KKK or they think about like white supremacists, they always think about like rednecks down in the south like meeting in cornfields like burning steaks and all this shit when in reality the actual like racist institutions of our country are throwing debutante balls in rich communities and having like young women and young men be subjected to these ideas through the like the gaze of some sort of like social event like like Mm -hmm. this this is like the actual like insidiousness of like the the KKK and white supremacy in the country. It's not the yeah. the racist guy who drives a pickup truck that you made up because you thought about it once. Like it's the the ruling class like pretty much parading in plain sight these things. Like this happened yeah. when she was 19. I don't know how she old she is now. I can't imagine it was more than 20 years ago. Like yeah, yeah. Ni- 1999, so 22 years ago. So that yeah. they they were having a racist thing. And, like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up that Ellie Kemper was a part of it, but at the same time, it's more fucked up that that was just, like, a thing that was happening in 1999, mm-hmm. and don't give a shit about it until we looked at it through the lens of 2020 cancel culture. Cancel yeah, culture. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I say cancel culture, imagine me doing, like, over-exaggerated, like, air quotes, because it's yeah. a fucking fake term, but... Yeah. It's it's interesting, like, I think that, it, 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 that particular thing with Ellie Kemper is so emblematic of the way that, um, like we as a society in the united states like um treat issues in general like ellie kemper was receiving so much fire for participating in this thing like you said but not really like people weren't really analyzing the fact that this was just a normal thing that was happening and like like it was just a thing that happened in her hometown and like all the people who were saying that it happened in their hometown too yeah and 
it goes beyond that. Like, the example you say of, like, the guy in the pickup truck who has, like, a Confederate flag, like, em- emblem on it or something. Like, yeah, that's a problem, and that that dude probably sucks. But, like, I feel like there's so much ire in American politics and, like, American social discourse, like, targeted towards, uh, like, working-class bigots rather than, like, the ruling class that has instilled the bigotry in the working class, like, intentionally over the course of, you know, the past couple hundred years. Yeah. That it's like, yeah, it's a problem that so many working class, like, rural, like, people who have never, like, spent, like, a significant amount of time with a black person, it's a problem that they're racists. Yeah, and that sucks, but, like... Where did that racist ideology come from? If you trace the lines back, it almost always goes back to institutions. Yeah. Institutions I, that take that take advantage and exploit the fears of people who are like weaker and and insecure. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we were saying with like the the government doing things like banning cigarettes or banning vaping or anything like that where we love to address and criminalize and penalize like the symptoms of problems instead of addressing the root of them and the institutions yeah. that cause these issues. Well, and like, once again, we not... address the root of them. We, we, it's that's no. addressing capital. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that meme of the guy where he's holding like the giant bottle of fucking olive oil. And it just yeah. says, uh, L problem as capitalismo on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, that lives in my fucking head rent free. I think about it every time <laughs> I like think about a problem for more than 30 seconds ago. Oh, I mean, the root cause of this is capitalism. Like, so. yeah, it, it really sucks. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that's just a thing that we go back to periodically yeah. on the show. Just yeah. like it's like, yeah, it really sucks that the that the main cause of pretty much everything is fucking capitalism. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. God. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Um, let's talk about some of the funny British slang now yeah. and make fun of British people. In, in light um, me. I, I know you, yeah. you took some notes that were given to us by our, our yeah. informant. Yeah, so once again, thank you to our anonymous Chumbawamba fan for providing some of this context. Um, some of the things in here, uh, Blue Rinse is in the, uh, is in the first verse of the song. Uh, is apparently a hair treatment that some old ladies gets, get, and for some reason it's associated with conservative people. Um, but also blue is the color associated with the Tory party in England, the same way that red is associated with Republicans in the U S. Uh, there's also the, um, there's also the phrase heavy manners. That's part of like the refrain of the, of the song under heavy manners. Um, and that's a term for police violence and like the oppression that the police state enacts on people more generally. Uh, apparently it's, uh, it's a term that comes from reggae music, which was very popular in England. Uh, and I think still remains fairly popular in England mm-hmm. due to the heavy um, Jamaican and Caribbean uh, immigrant population in Britain. Um, and, you know, as we've maybe talked about a little bit on the show before, reggae is a genre that is historically very politically minded. Um, talking about racism and police brutality and stuff. Uh and then there is the reference to someone named Don- John Benjamin, uh, who was an English poet who at one point worked as a spy for the British government during World War II. Okay. And he uh, was also very, cons- um, 
He was also associated with the south of England, a more historically like conservative and wealthy section of the country. Um, and he was really into preserving Victorian architecture. So I don't know. It, it, tell me someone's a racist without telling me they're a racist, and that's a pretty good I don't <laughs> description. Know. I like worked that. <laughs> worked as a worked as I, a spy, uh, <laughs> and is like overly committed to preserving like colonial architecture. I like Victorian architecture. I like, no, I, like I do old too. Buildings. <laughs> I like I like, I like old buildings too. I but... like any fucking architecture that is not the bullshit they put up now. Like oh, literally God. anything. Like you could show me a house from any time period that is not like 2011 onward, and it's a million times better than the fucking Lego houses they're building now. Yeah, the glass boxes. Except for maybe in, yeah. like the the when there was the the 1950s fucking uh, suburb boom where everything looked exactly the same. Maybe that yeah. was worse. About the yeah. same. Yeah. Besides that. Everything um, else is a little bit better, so I don't blame him for yeah. wanting to save Victorian buildings, but I do, I don't, I mean, who is he spying on as for the British government in World know. War Two? Is he spying on Nazis in that case? Like, maybe, maybe, like, maybe that's not so bad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I feel like, I feel like if, if not, uh, the man himself being like a conservative, like a uh, racist, I, I think like, um, the idea is that, uh, he and his like work, are high, yeah. heavily associated with quote unquote traditional English values. It's yep. kind of the same as like um oh what's a good parallel in American culture? Uh the way it, it it reminds me kind of of the way that people like idolize the writer Mark Twain <laughs> and how he was like he like he's like tradi- a traditional American writer but he was also like pretty racist and problematic in his own way. So <laughs> That's the closest example I can think of. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. I also really like the um, the line bite-sized China to describe <laughs> like the little pieces, like the little dishes that they serve things on in tea rooms. They, I they always do, thought that was funny. They do a very good job of painting like the, the picture of like these like racist caricatures of like uh, like tea rooms in England and using yeah. that as like the these are the hoity-toity upper class and they hate you but they'll be nice yeah. about it, but they still fucking hate you while they sip their fucking tiny little tea, their lipstick traces, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been in this place, even though I never have, you know? <laughs> uh, and I would never want to be. Yeah. British people really fucked up tea, you know? I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. English tea is dog shit. Do you think fucking, so? Drink fucking green tea. Yeah. Yeah. Like China and Japan got that shit right. Yeah. yeah. England, huh. putting milk in tea. Not the worst thing I've ever had, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. you want to move on uh, and talk about the music? Yeah, let's let's dive in here. Let's let's uh, meander our way down. <laughs> let's let's get our hiking boots on. Get ready to climb Music Mountain. See, I told you that it was going to yeah. be one that I only talk that I only called Music Mountain every couple episodes, yeah. and we're back. It, keeps it fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy, I really like what you wrote down here to describe the intro of the song. Yeah, it sounds like boss battle music. It sounds like you walk into a room and this starts playing. And you're like, oh shit, I gotta oh, fight. Shit. I gotta fight Chumbawamba now. Fuck, like <laughs> when we finally make our Chumbawamba video game, yeah. <laughs> um, it's that is going to be the uh, that yeah. is going to be the the boss battle music. Yeah. 
Maybe I should um maybe I should uh download RPG Maker and get ready to make my <laughs> Chumbawamba JRPG. Yeah. I would yeah. playing playing a Chumbawamba JRPG where you have like the entire cast of Chumbawamba as your party would be a very good idea. That would be absolutely batshit. Yeah. Weren't we just talking like like a week ago about how we we, we, we want to be more chill and not like develop parasocial relationships here? <laughs> I don't think making a video game about someone is parasocial. It would be parasocial if we were, like, made it about, like, their day-to-day lives. But if we use their, like, public personas as a bit in a video game, I I think that's not as weird as, like, reading their Twitter account on on a show (laughs) weekly. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Still a little weird, but I'm okay with being a little weird. Yeah, I am a little weird, so (laughs) I get it. Um, I, I really love the, uh, the music in this song, just generally speaking, like everything from the beginning with that, like just the wild, like buzzy synth sample that the boss battle music, um, I really fucking love that drum fill at the beginning, right when, right before the guitars kick in. Ooh, that's good shit. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, there's like a little bit of like. I don't know how to describe it, like a pullback from the verses into the chorus where it's like, it'll like kind of like stop for a second and then hit you with the, I want more. And then it comes, yeah. everything comes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is, it's kind of like vapid lyric wise. Like, I mean the, it, it's not a very in-depth song. Like the, the chorus and the pre-chorus are the same all the way through and everything mm-hmm. else is kind of just like British bullshit about tea rooms. Mm-hmm. But it is fucking catchy as hell. Yeah, like, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It fucking bops to to listen to, like and well, I think, sing, um, sing along with. It's uh, Dunstan is the one on vocals this time, and he just knocks it out of the park with this one. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another one of those. It's another one of those classic Chumbawamba setups of the uh, the like talk or like or like spoken word or like um like you know more harsh vocals in the in the verses followed by the really clean vocals in the chorus. And I don't know how this band keeps following that exact same formula over and over again. And me and I don't get tired of it, but they keep doing it. Mind control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, what, that's what the sample, you. that's what the sample at the beginning is. <laughs> it's the mind control taking yeah. effect. If you listen to the song without the sample, you're like, I've heard this before, but with that yeah, sample, yeah, yeah. you're like, damn, this is fucking, <laughs> this is like good shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's my best attempt at uh, yeah. <laughs> imitating it. It feels like um, in Pokemon when you're about to enter a battle, but not just like the random encounter battle, when it's just like you're fighting like one of the, the members of Team Rocket. This is what plays when you're, yeah. the screen is circling down to a, to a black square. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's also, uh, in this song, it's kind of subtle, like, like, I never really heard it until I was deliberately listening to it, but apparently there's some, there, there's some cello in this song, um, <laughs> that I think is easy to miss, but it's kind of there in, like, the, in the choruses and, like, the, the intro as well, um, and the cello is by an English-slash-Scottish multi-instrumentalist named Chopper. I looked into Chopper, and they have done a bunch of work playing a bunch of different instruments, 
on a bunch of albums I've never listened to, but you know, <laughs> good for Chopper. It yeah. seems as though they have a uh, had a long successful career as a session musician. So hell yeah, Chopper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I just think overall the this song is a is a bop. You know, I really appreciated one th- one other thing that we didn't talk about yet that I really appreciated was the um the verses of the song are like just percussion and vocals, which I think is a really interesting choice. You don't hear that kind of thing a lot in like pop and rock music ah. and uh, they pull it off here. Um, all right. With, with all that in mind, would you like to take it down to Chumbawamba versus the people? Yeah, let's head on over. Let's, let's scoot on over. No moseying today. We're yeah, scooting no today. We're scooting like a dog on a carpet. <laughs> Ooh. Ew, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I saw my cat do that the other day, and I was like, what? (laughs) Why are you doing that? You're not a dog. It's just fucking with you at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to, what is it, you have to, like, do something with their anal glands on dogs? Do you have to do that with cats? I hope not. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, when dogs scoot on the floor, it's normally because their anal glands get, like, impacted or whatever, and you got to express them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I dated a vet tech. I know a lot of gross things about animals. That's that's true. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look into it and pay attention to see if he does it again. Sometimes yeah. my cat just does weird bullshit. And that I'm might just like, be it. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of alarming. <laughs> I'd better keep an eye on that, and then yeah. I never see him do it ever again. <laughs> that's that's the worst part about cats. Is like if a dog doesn't feel well, I feel like you'll be able to tell. Like a dog, yeah. you're like, okay, you're not acting like yourself. A cat's just like. I don't know. What are you doing? Like, is, yeah. is this normal? Did you eat something? Have you been poisoned? Like, is right. it just you having an off day? Like, what's someone yeah. mean to you at the office? Like, are you just antagonizing yeah. me? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did I not like the? Did you like? Did I look at you the wrong way? Are you upset with me? Like, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking cats, man. Yeah. The uh, my my new roommate moved in and has a cat, and the two mm-hmm. cats. Uh, we have like a, a baby gate to keep them separate from each other. So okay. they will just sit on like different floors of my house and stare at each other. And just like, <laughs> if they actually get close enough to each other, they will like meow and like fight about it. But if they're separate, they'll just stare at each other for like hours. It's really fucking funny. Like, I'll like, really I'll, like funny. leave my room at like, like one in the morning and like come out and there's just a cat, like just like looking up and I'll look up and there's just a cat looking down. I'm like, oh, hey, like sorry to interrupt your hey, everybody. Yes. Gaze. Okay, so, sorry. Excuse me. Like, <laughs> pardon me. Let yeah. me just scoot past you real quick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You want to get us started here on uh, Chumbawamba versus the people? Yeah. So there, we got two videos to look at. Um, one is a live video from uh, Dusseldorf, which we have yes. definitely mentioned before. More this Dusseldorf is... from Huppleplop. Yeah, thank you, Huppleplop. Which sounds like it sounds like a fucking yeah. <laughs> sounds like a fucking I don't know like a sentence in a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dusseldorf and Huppleplop sound like creatures in a Dr. Seuss book. I do find I did find a comment from from you on this YouTube video. Wait, really? Yeah. The there's someone named Mariah B 10 years ago who says, "This is the only song I can't find anywhere." And then a very odd smiley face and then it says, "There's no official song or anything, only live. Is there any MP3 download for the song?" And you responded, mm, this song appears on the album Tub Thumper under the name I Want More. So 
Thanks, Dan. Helping us out. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was I just being like, hey, hey, this song you like, check it out here. I just thought it'd be funny to, to do your voice like that. Wow. I, I do not remember leaving this comment, but something that's really fucking hilarious to me is Mariah B. wrote that comment 10 years ago, yeah. and apparently I responded a month ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's fun. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, yeah, getting a little too drunk, commenting on YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah, I must have. That must have been one of my one of my dark nights during the pandemic. <laughs> um, what's interesting to this, what's interesting about this to me is the fact that this video is called Chumbawamba. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it used to be uploaded under a different title or something. I don't know. Maybe my comment. Maybe my comment made a uh, Huppleplop change it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, um, you, you did link to another video from Joey V, who I think we talked about last week. Who yes, also we did. Has uploaded other Chumbawamba <laughs> videos. This this one only has one uh, comment from you ever seen question mark question mark question mark who just says Top Thumbing is a totally underrated album. Not one bad song. Joey V says I agree. I never understood why the tidbits at the end of almost every song on the album were for. So, yeah. I don't see, know what that has to do with anything, but thank See, you, what's v. funny about that is that Joey V was the person who uploaded Small Town last week with the description, excludes, please, sir, I want some more. <laughs> I, and, I like this guy that just loves Trump, <laughs> but fucking hates all the clips and quotes from him. And this week, this week, Joey V uploaded Chumbawamba, I Want More, and the description is, includes, please, sir, I want some more. Thank you, Joey. I'm glad you've come <laughs> come around in your ways. This is Joey's, uh, this is Joey's, um, uh, way of saying, like, editorializing, saying that Chumbawamba should have put it at the beginning of this track rather than yeah. at the end of the last <laughs> one. I um, like that. I like that he's, like, redoing his own, uh, his own version of Tub Thumper. Yeah, yeah, a fan, a fan cut <laughs> instead of the uh, instead of the the studio cut. There's a there's a fan yeah. reimagining. Well, speaking of fan reimaginings of the song, there is yeah. a third video that you did not link in the show notes, but I found that is yeah. a video uploaded on June sixth of twenty twenty that has two views. That is the Chumbawamba "I Want More" demo length version, and it's a twenty eight second clip of the song, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's fucking amazing, yeah, and it so, has two views. Two huh? views. I just Incredible. watched it. I'm number. I'm number three. It's from Ben Peppered. So thank you, Ben. Wow, thanks, Ben. Yeah. That's really good. His entire uploads seem to be just uh, like thirty second clips of songs. I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you gotta you gotta edge in on that market of people who really liked what were those things called the oh, hit, um... hit clips. Hit clips. <laughs> People who really liked hit clips and wish they were still around. Oh, was there a Chumbawamba hit clip? I don't think oh, so. Oh, I'm sure there was. Oh, uh, we gotta find out now. Hold on. Chumbawamba hit clip. I don't think so. Oh, man. I feel like I would have found it before. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe this is gonna take a little bit more, uh, more digging than just Googling it, but... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like hit clips only had, like... A small library that, yeah. If Timberwolf was on here, we would know about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, might be right. I'm looking at the the complete song list. I don't see it. Dang. Yeah. 
missed out. You could have you could have made something great here. Yeah, a lot maybe of Smash we'll br- Maybe we need to bring uh, hit clips back along with um, whatever the last thing that from the '90s that we said we were gonna bring back, whatever like goo thing. I don't remember what the <laughs> oh, creepy crawlers. Yeah, the creepy crawlers and um, DIY goo. That's right. I know Anamanaguchi looked at releasing a hit clip, and it would have been like outrageously expensive. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh well. What can oh, you well. do? Next next <laughs> lifetime. Yeah, maybe in another life. Yeah. Maybe when time loops back on itself. <laughs> yeah, we'll get a <laughs> in in a better timeline. There's a Chumbo one with hit clip, and also hit clips are the only way to listen to music currently. Yeah. <laughs> we never developed past that point in uh like solid state technology yeah <laughs> all right uh that's really all i got for chumbawamba versus the people oh, there's some I, there's some I, comments but none of them are particularly interesting no i i got a good one. Oh, you've got a good I got, one i got yeah. something all right so we have a comment here from jigs 10 years ago on the chumbawamba i want more video who just says song from perfect kirby 3.2 and you're like, that what? doesn't mean anything. What's Perfect Kirby? And the answer is Perfect Kirby is an internet flash series that is a crossover between Perfect Dark and Kirby, where Kirby is a vigilante and one night receives a mysterious phone call is taken by force to become a secret agent for an organization known as the Institute. And it was a flash series on Newgrounds that apparently used Chumbawamba's I Want More in uh, Season 3, Episode 2. So <laughs> That's fucking wild we're gonna have to do an episode that we cover yeah cover that <laughs> do, do you remember newgrounds flash series because just I, reading I do, yeah. reading that phrase like it sent me into a fucking tizzy oh my god i found all of perfect kirby 3.2 on youtube hold on i'm just gonna scroll through it real quick and see if i can find the chumbo on the song oh i found it <laughs> this is incredible all right i'll link to this in the show notes Dan, I'm gonna Hell send yeah. this to you, but there's a, there's a fight scene between uh, Samus, but she's in a bra and underwear, and two robot dudes while Chumbawamba's "I Want More" plays in the background. That's <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever heard. Oh my oh, god, <laughs> this is incredible. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! What a time to be well, alive. I'm gonna. I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, we're watching all like Kirby, Perfect Kirby 3.2. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I guess let's hurry up and finish this episode so that we can uh, get to it. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share about this song, at Teddy? Yeah. The this might be the most British song that Chumbawamba has put out so far. Yeah, I using, can agree with that. Using like tea and tea rooms as an allegory for like class antagonism is like if you had to like sum up Chumbawamba, it would be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's a yeah. pretty British British thing, isn't it? Yeah, I I think it's solid though. Uh, I, the lyrics aren't as like super in depth. Um, they probably hit harder if I understood any of these British references like off the bat instead of having to like read like a, an email that a stranger sent me to understand them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's still a very catchy song. I, I love that, that weird synth in the beginning. I love the transitions between the courses and the pre-courses, I guess they are, mm-hmm. or the verses and the pre-courses. But yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dan? I love this song. It's always been one of my favorites. Um, 
It's always been one of my favorites off of this album. And uh, yeah, unlike last week's song, uh, I I have not undergone like a radical shift in understanding what the song is about in the midst of recording the episode. <laughs> I was always kind of on the page like, yeah, this is a song about, you know, bougie people. So, <laughs> you know, it is fun getting to learn some of the uh, British slang that's in here, though. So, um, yeah, I, I dig it. I think that the vocal delivery is real good and... Um, the song's really well put together, and uh, it's inspired me to get to work on my Chumbawamba JRPG. <laughs> All right, Dan, so if you had to rate this, what yeah. would you give it? I'm making you go first this time. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. If I had to rate this, I would give it a more out of most. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> How about you? I'm going to give it a perfect Kirby 3.2 out of a Hufflepuff uh, 1848. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Pretty good song. Yeah. All right, Teddy. Uh, do you want to take us down to our leftism of the week? Yes, let's let's head on over. It's been a minute uh, yeah. <laughs> between our uh, accidental vacation and then last week where we just talked about the uh, Chumbawamba feature film that is out. Uh, side note, if you have access to that, our DMs are always open. Um, but today, I want to talk about Peru's uh, election, the, the runoff election that they just had. Um, so, Peru just recently elected, quote-unquote elected. Uh, they haven't 100% finished counting the votes, but they're at like 99.815 as of the time of writing this uh, votes counted and there's enough of a margin that the left wing candidate uh, Pedro Castillo should be president. We'll see if the deep state and whoever else actually controls elections manages to fuck that up, but all, all things like that uh, barred uh, Peru will have a mostly left wing socialist uh, president. Um, he was running against uh, Kiko Fujimori, who is currently leading a protest calling for the annulment of votes that weren't for her. Uh, really mm. sounds <laughs> sounds familiar, huh? The, mm. Mm, Where have I heard that mm, song yeah. before? <laughs> it's almost like it's a common uh, right-wing and fascist tactic to discredit and uh, remove votes. Mm, and it's mm. almost like America's trying to do that right now. Mm. Mm. But uh, on, on top of that, she is also the daughter of Peru's ex-president, Alberto Fujimori, who is currently in jail for human rights abuses and corruption charges. Oh, good. Whereas Pedro Castillo is a former school teacher and union leader. So I don't have anything like super in depth to say here. I just want to point out that it is great seeing a mostly left wing candidate win in an area that was previously controlled by an insane like right wing government. Um, electoralism is not my preferred path forward for the left, especially in the America where your elections basically don't mean anything. But it is nice to see that in countries where elections and running grassroots campaigns where, like, a guy who lived in, like, the outskirts and was a teacher can actually win. It's a good thing. Um, yeah. the, the disclaimer thing is that Pedro is not, like, the ideal candidate, especially for a lot of us who are... Uh, on the left, both economically and socially, uh, he's uh, anti-abortion, he's against same-sex marriage, and he's against marijuana legalization. But, I mean, it's definitely a right step in the direction for Peru, 
and mm -hmm. uh, it's good to see that socialism and, and these ideas are gaining foothold in places where they should be gaining footholds, where the, the real marginalized workers of the world have yeah. something to, to gain by like overthrowing the corrupt structures that uh, control them. Not that we don't here have like something to gain by overthrowing the, the corrupt structures, but it, it's wonderful seeing this happen from countries that you don't normally think of ever like when was the last yeah. time that someone thought about peru i, mm -hmm. I, I like i'm a white american uh, as a disclaimer but like it's like I, I don't often think of peru's politics so it's great to kind of hear something like this where it's like oh shit y'all are doing something fucking cool hell yeah man yeah keep, right keep on keeping on <laughs> yeah yeah so that's about it um we wanted to talk about this i think it was like two episodes ago Mm -hmm. But they were still in the thing of like, maybe he's not going to win. Maybe he lost. And they're still mm -hmm. trying to pull that bullshit. But it's pretty fucking obvious that he won. Like, I don't think this person has the ability to win unless like every single uncounted vote was for her. And the way that they count votes in Peru was, I mean, not that it's on purpose, but a lot of their city centers get counted first which are a majority of like the right-wing votes. And then as you get to these smaller, more rural communities, which is where Pedro uh, Castillo uh, drew a lot of his support from, like those were more left-leaning. So mm. it kind of was one of those things where like at the beginning, they were like, oh, he lost. And then it was like, never mind. Like this is like, <laughs> you just didn't count any of the votes from people that were his actual supporters. So yeah, right. It looks like he's going to win, barring an assassination or a U.S. intervention or any of those things, which is 100% possible because America, America yes. loves to meddle in the politics of the global south. But um, Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's about it. Just wanted to say, good job, Peru. Um, hopefully this, this makes a, a change for a lot of people's lives. Um, and also that it's insane that your candidate is the daughter of a guy who's in jail for like fucking like human yep. rights violations and is doing the same exact thing that Trump did or she's just like, Oh yeah, these votes uh, aren't real. Like I, I yep. won. It's like, what? Like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's the, the, the parallels are never ending. It's almost as if all of the fascists have the same playbook yeah. and always have <laughs> and, and hang out together in their secret back rooms and plot. they get on discord calls. Yeah, they and get play on among discord. Us <laughs> I think Trump would be very bad at among us. Probably. Yeah. I don't he think probably he wouldn't. Could... He probably wouldn't know how to do any tasks. I think he could figure it out. He would have Baron help him. Eh. He's, he's got that he's got that gamer yeah. blood, you know. It goes both ways. D does wait? Is Baron Trump a gamer? You didn't know this? No, I didn't. know Baron this. Trump is like a huge gamer. He's all about that Minecraft life. Someone found his like Minecraft profile or something. Uh huh. That's yeah. absolutely wild. Yeah. There's. I found an article. I googled uh, Baron Trump gamer, and. Uh, Oh no, it's Roblox. Someone someone claims to have found his like Roblox profile. But yeah. Baron Trump's a gamer. You can't tell me that he's not. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So maybe uh maybe maybe Baron Trump can uh teach his old man a little bit about Among Us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're yeah, done now. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to... <laughs> no closers. That's it. Cold oh. ending. <laughs> oh, golly.
Thank you so much. As always, people, we love you. Thank you for listening to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. The music you heard in this episode was I Want More from the album Tub Thumper, as in I want to know more about Baron Trump's Roblox, um, and I want to 1v1 him in Fortnite. Uh, he would probably kick my ass. He probably um, would. <laughs> as always, we do not have the rights to the song in the episode, but uh, you can 1v1 me in Fortnite if you have a problem with us using it. Can you even 1v1 somebody in Fortnite? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I've played um, Fortnite. I've played Fortnite twice. Yeah. And the or, uh, that's a lie. I've played Fortnite a few times because I forgot that I would get drunk and play it on my Switch. But um, on my computer, I played Fortnite twice. And the first time, I got, like, third place, I think. Oh, and then nice. the second time, I got seventh place. And I was like, I'm done. I'm never going to do better than this. I'm, yeah. I'm out. Um, but, yeah. Uh, if you like what you do, like what we do, you can find us on Twitter at Chimbology Rocks. You can email us at ChimbologyPod at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, which is Chimbology.rocks, which has links to all of those things that we just mentioned and many more episodes. Um, you can also give us money to listen to us talk about things that are not Chumbawamba at Patreon.com slash Chimbology. We just did an episode about the killers and we are about to do an episode about world inferno friendship society so yeah it'll be a fun good it'll be a fun time for all um if you don't want to give us money you can give money to any sort of mutual or mutual aid organization in your area or any sort of uh group doing like on the ground charity work and send us a receipt and we will send you any past present future or alternate dimension episodes for free and yeah and if you don't Very like good. it, you can 1v1 us on Fortnite or yep. send us an email. There it is. There's or the both. third one. Yeah. <laughs> Comedy works in threes. I, yeah. was, I was waiting for waiting for the chance to slip in a third one, but yeah, you beat third, me to it. Third Fortnite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if this was a podcast where we didn't use the music for the song and I was editing this week, I would have made the music, the, uh, the Fortnite uh that that uh, fucking uh, The American, Fortnite rap? Yeah, the, the, the American boy <laughs> parody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could always, I could always still do that. <laughs> we'll have to wait yeah, and see what happens. Make, make a mashup. <laughs> <laughs> Did you plug the Patreon? Yes. All right, I think we're done then. <laughs> <laughs>